0: Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Good morning, everybody. I'm so glad you're joining me today for this podcast recording. Um... How are you all doing? How was your weekend? Did all of you have a nice um, Mother's Day? Um, I love Mother's Day and Matt surprised me and with my older kids he got me another microphone and I have to tell you that it really picks up on everything. I started to record and It was so loud like my daughter runs a fan when she sleeps at night and um, I had the dryer going and I literally could hear it so and also I'm able to sit really far away from the microphone and still be heard so this is fun so I'm curious to see how all of you feel about this Um, the voice level the volume level does it help is it good so anyway Thanks so much again for joining me. I'm really glad. I um I had the opportunity to go down and help my mother and father-in-law last week. And while I was there, I would go out on early morning walks and I was listening to some general conference talks and I was re-listening to President Nelson's talk. And while I was out on this walk, I was just thinking about a lot of things in life that we're going through and different friends of family members that are going through different trials and I started, um, my mind just started thinking of all these different thoughts that I wanted to share with you about um, President Nelson's address and so bear with me as I just share some personal things and also some um, important things that I feel We need to remember during this time of trials and battles that we're facing and mountains that we are trying to have removed through our faith. So on top of that, what kind of congruently um, reaffirmed to me that, yes, this is what I was going to do my podcast on, was uh, in my personal scripture reading, I'm in Mormon 8, and in verse 24, he says, and he knoweth their prayers for that they were in behalf of their brethren, and he knoweth their faith, for in his name they could remove mountains. So President Nelson gave an, um, a beautiful address to all of us about removing mountains with our faith, and he started off, I wanted to share with you his the first part of it, and I'm going to share with you portions from his talk, and then just insert some of the thoughts that I've had over the last few days as I've contemplated this um, ability for us to remove these mountains that, through faith, that we are in going through right now in our lives. So it says, my dear brothers and sisters, my call to you this Easter morning is to start today to increase your faith. Through your faith, Jesus Christ will increase your ability to move the mountains in your life. Even though your personal challenges may loom as large as Mount Everest, your mountains may be loneliness, doubt, illness, or other personal problems. Your mountains will vary, and yet the answer to each of your challenges is to increase your faith. That takes work. Lazy learners and lax disciples will always struggle to muster even a particle of faith. And in Matthew 17, um, he doesn't say this part, but I'm just inserting this. He's it's, um, I want to read to you. it says, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So I want you to know that until he had given this talk, I can honestly tell you that when I thought about faith to move mountains, I believed that that was like a complete miracle that um, that those that had received the sealing power had the ability to do that. I never had thought of it on a personal level about the mountains that I face, and I want to share a story with you about um, climbing a mountain. So. Um, I don't know, probably about eight years ago, seven years ago. Um, we were together with Matt's family and he lives there. The family's down in Eugene. And, um, one of our family members brought up that there's this mountain in Pleasant Grove and it's called Mount Pisgah and it's P-I-S-G-A-H. And so we all made a decision that we were going to go to Mount Pisgah and do a hike And, you know, we looked, and I think it was no more than three miles, you know, up and back, maybe even less. And so we were all pretty excited. So the nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, we all got together. We drove to the location. We took a picture by the sign that showed the map and the, you know, Mount Pisgah. So anyway, I was working out a lot, and I just felt like I could totally handle this challenge. And that it was going to be just fine. And it was a hot day. Um, we, we had brought a lot of water and so we started up this trail and it was, um, it was, uh, more of a dirt and rocks. Uh, it wasn't grass or, you know, anything soft. So it was pretty dusty. But as we started walking up this, um, this Mount Pisgah, I felt my thighs burning specifically in certain locations and I also felt my calves burning and I was breathing very hard and we took a break when we got to a certain level and I thought oh my word this is really hard this mountain is really tough to climb and I was worried because there were little ones that were tiny that we were trying to carry and then there were older ones that we had not really tackled this before so everyone was kind of keeping an eye out on each other. Well, climbing Mount Pisgah, I want you to know, was hard, and it took a lot of effort. And I... When, as climbing, there was a point that you get into these area where there's a bit, a bit of trees kind of covering you. But I literally thought, I am so tired right now, I just want to sit down and stop. Like, I don't even care, really, if I get to the top. And I... I mean, my thighs were burning. And so, anyway, I just said to my mind, you're fine, you're going to do this. So get going. So I just pushed myself to get up that the top of that mountain. And when we got up to the top of Mount Pisgah, I want you to know it was a beautiful view. It wasn't like majestic or you know, like a Mount Everest or anything like that. But we saw a a 360 view of the surrounding areas and the towns and the cities. And it was a breath of fresh air. And when we got up there, there was a bit of a wind. And it just felt really refreshing. And I was so glad that I pushed myself to complete that climb and to get up that mountain. And I know that President Nelson talks about removing the mountains. But I think it's our faith that removes these mountains. And I think climbing up that mountain, Mount Pisgah, was me acting Having faith that I could do this, that I would get up there, and that I could needed to make a lot of effort, and it was hard. So in President Nelson's talk, he continues after he talks about the, you know, lazy learners and lax disciples will always struggle to muster even a particle of faith. He says, to do anything well requires effort. Becoming a true disciple of Jesus Christ is no exception. Increasing your faith and trust in him takes effort. May I offer five suggestions to help you develop that faith and trust? So before I talk to you about the five suggestions that he gives, I just wanted to remind you about Sister Joy Jones sharing um, a little interview video that President Nelson had with the children. And I've shared this in another podcast earlier on, but I just want to re remind you where a little girl named Pearl asks President Nelson, Is it hard to be a prophet? Are you like really busy? And President Nelson said, of course it's hard. Everything to do with becoming more like the Savior is difficult. For example, when God wanted to give the Ten Commandments to Moses, where did he tell Moses to go? Up on top of a mountain, on the top of Mount Sinai. So Moses had to walk all the way to the top of that mountain to get the Ten Commandments. Now, Heavenly Father could have said, Moses, you start here, there, and I will start here, and I'll meet you halfway. No, the Lord loves effort, because effort brings rewards that can't come without it. For example, did you ever take piano lessons? And the children said, yes. And Pearl said, I take violin. And President Nelson said, and do you practice? The Children said, yes. And President Nelson said, what happens if you don't practice? Pearl said, you forget. President Nelson said, yes, you don't progress, do you? So the answer is yes, Pearl. It takes effort, a lot of hard work, a lot of study, and there's never an end. That's good. That's good because we are always progressing. Even in the next life, we are making progress. I also wanted to share with you a couple quotes from um, recent general conference addresses. And one was by um, Ahmad Corbett he's the first counselor in the young men's presidency and this is what he said general presidency he said your great faith is like muscles that get stronger and bigger the more you exercise them but they are already inside of you um, then uh, elder Juan Pablo Villar from the 70s said just as reading and learning about muscles is not enough to build muscle reading and learning about faith Without adding action is insufficient to build faith. What I love is that President Nelson says that our mountains can be removed through our faith. And he, they, the, both these talks talk about how the muscles in our bodies get bigger only when we exercise them. So as we exercise our faith and we increase our trust in God and obedience to what he has asked us to do, then... Our muscles begin to build and our faith increases and those mountains can be removed if it is God's will. So President Nelson then gives a list of, um, he gives five suggestions or five um, ways that we can um, remove, increase our faith to remove mountains. He said, first study, become an engaged learner immerse yourself in the scriptures to understand better Christ's mission and ministry know the doctrine of Christ so that you can understand its power for your life internalize the truth of the atonement of Jesus Christ applies to how it applies to you he took upon himself your misery your mistakes your weaknesses and your sins he paid the compensatory price and provided the power for you to move every mountain you will ever face you obtained that power Through your faith, trust, and willingness to follow him. Moving your mountains may require a miracle. Learn about miracles. Miracles come according to your faith in the Lord. Central to that faith is trusting his will and timetable. How and when he will bless you with miraculous help you desire. Only your unbelief will keep God from blessing you with miracles to move the mountains in your life. The more you learn about the Savior, the easier it will be to trust his mercy, his infinite love, and his strengthening, healing, and redeeming power. The Savior is never closer to you than when you are facing or climbing a mountain with faith. Isn't that great? We need to study the Savior. We need to become an engaged learner and understand what he has done for us and how that applies to each of us personally in his atonement. Okay, then second, President Nelson says, choose to believe in Jesus Christ. So he talked about studying. Now he's saying, choose, choose. It's a choice. It's that daily choice. Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. So President Nelson says, if you have doubts about God, the father and his beloved son, or the validity of the restoration or the veracity of Joseph Smith's divine calling as a prophet, choose to believe and stay faithful. Take your question to the Lord and to other faithful sources. Study with the desire to believe rather than the hope that you can find a flaw in the fabric of a prophet's life or a discrepancy in the scriptures. Stop increasing your doubts by rehearsing them with other doubters. Allow the Lord to lead you on your journey of spiritual discovery. Okay, I love that because I feel like the part where he says, stop increasing your doubts by rehearsing them with other doubters. I think when we're trying to increase our faith and to, you know, remove these mountains that we have in in our, of our personal struggles, problems, illnesses, don't you think sometimes we kind of get with people that are feeling the same way and we complain And it's not bad in my mind to share your feelings of frustration or wishing these things would end, but how does it help us by rehearsing with them our doubts and our struggles about our personal things? We don't really increase our faith. We just keep staying in a stagnant location and not choosing to understand and allow the Lord to lead us. Okay, the third one is to act in faith. What would you do if you had more faith? Think about it. Write about it. Then receive more faith by doing something that requires more faith. The fourth thing he said is partake of sacred ordinances worthily. Ordinances unlock the power of God for your life. And then the fifth thing he says, President Nelson says, is ask your heavenly father in the name of Jesus Christ for help. Faith takes work. Receiving revelation takes work. So just like Pearl and the other children, he told them the Lord loves effort. It's work. So we faith takes work. But And then President Nelson continues, But everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. God knows what will help your faith grow. Ask and then ask again. A non-believer might say that faith is for the weak, but this assertion, overlooks the power of faith. Would the Savior's apostles have continued to teach his doctrine after his death at the peril of their lies if they doubted him? Would Joseph and Hiram have suffered martyrs' deaths, defending the restoration of the Lord's church, unless they had a sure witness that it was true? Would nearly 2,000 saints have died along the pioneer trail if they did not have faith that the gospel of Jesus Christ had been restored?" Truly faith is the power that enables the unlikely to accomplish the impossible. Okay, so it made me think about, um, the definition of faith. So we've, he's shared with us these five wonderful steps that we can take to increase our faith and faith is, it's not to have a perfect knowledge of things. Therefore, if you have faith, Ye hope for things which are not seen, which are true. So we learned that it's not to have a perfect knowledge. And I think sometimes we feel like we need a perfect knowledge in order to move forward and to act. And that's not the case. We need to remember that faith is like a muscle. There's another, um, in increasing our faith under gospel topics, it says, faith is a gift from God, but we must nurture our faith to keep it strong. Faith is like a muscle. it if exercised, it grows strong. If left immobile, it becomes weak. Um, President Nelson continued his talk and said, "Do not minimize the faith you already have. It takes faith to join the church and remain faithful. It takes faith to follow the prophets rather than pundits and popular opinion. It takes faith to serve a mission during a pandemic. It takes faith to live a chaste life when the world shouts that God's law of chastity is now outmoded. It takes faith to teach the gospel to children in a secular world. And it takes faith to plead for the life of a loved one and even more faith to accept a disappointing answer. Um, Then President Nelson shares a story about two years ago, he and Sister Nelson, they went and visited Samoa, Tonga, and Fiji. And he said that these nations had experienced really heavy rains for days and that the members had fasted and prayed that their outdoor meetings would be protected from the rain. And so President Nelson said that in Samoa, Fiji, and Tahiti, just as the meetings began, the rain stopped. And so these prayers of these, these fasting and prayers of these members had been answered. He said, but in Tonga, the rain did not stop. He said, yet 13,000 faithful saints came hours early to get a seat, waiting patiently through a steady downpour and then sat through a very wet two-hour meeting. So even though we might have exercised so much faith, there might be mountains in our lives that will not be removed. So I want to share with you about a mountain that I have in my life that has not been removed and I don't know if it ever will be and, while I'm in this mortal body. So one morning at the age of 19, I woke up to the walls spinning um, in my in my room and I had never experienced anything like this. And I started panicking and screaming for someone to help me because the walls were moving and I was getting sick. And um, so I found out, my mom took me to um, urgent care. And I found out that I had vertigo. And I had never experienced, like I said, anything like that. But my vertigo lasted, I, I, if I can recollect, it was about probably two weeks. And I could just lay in my bed and stare at the wall. Because if I turned to one side or I turned to the other... I li- literally everything began to spin and I would start throwing up and the doctors at urgent care just gave me a medicine called meclazine and that just basically knocks you out so you're tired and so in order to get through these days of this vertigo I would just take a Meclizine and go to sleep well I was praying I thought this is the worst thing ever I was 19 and I didn't I didn't ever want ever to have this experience again and I want you to know that I am now I'll be 47 in a couple months and my vertigo has never left me Um, I've been able to change my diet five years ago that my vertigo has subsided substantially because of the anti-inflammation the way that I eat but I want you to know that I still have vertigo and the vertigo episodes can range for me anywhere from three hours to the longest time was three weeks. Um, a couple Christmases ago, I had eaten sugar for a whole week, and I literally it put me down for about three weeks. Um, it was terrible, and this vertigo is a mountain for me. It is an illness. He said that in the beginning, President Nelson said. Um, your mountain could be loneliness, doubt, illness, personal problems. And I want you to know that this vertigo is a challenge for me and I would give anything to not have it. I have been on vacations and I will wake up with the wall spinning and throwing up and unable to move. I have been put down in bed during special things. During that one Christmas, I couldn't bend over or move. I just had to sit straight and it's really hard and um, I don't know how to remove it I've tried, I've exercised my faith I've started, I changed how I like I said, ate, like I said five years ago I've researched it I've done exercises I have watched YouTube videos I've talked to many doctors about it um, I have done so many things to try to remove this mountain but for right now this is what I face and it has taught me a lot And I have a lot of spiritual parallels that I've learned from having this vertigo. And so for me, I'm like the people of Tonga. Um, The rain did not stop pouring and it kept pouring for their two-hour meeting and for the time that they patiently waited. And my vertigo has not gone away. But it doesn't mean that God is not aware of me and that that I'm not loved. It's just something that is teaching me to increase my spiritual muscles and have more faith and allow him to work more miracles in my life. And I have had moments of miracles where Matt has provided, um, given me a priesthood blessing. And some of my symptoms have subsided for a period of time. And I'm so grateful for that. In 2012 in April, Henry B. Eyring said it is never too late to strengthen the foundation of faith. There is always time. With faith in the Savior, you can repent and plead for forgiveness. There is someone you can forgive. There is someone you can thank. There is someone you can serve and lift. You can do it wherever you are and however alone and deserted you may feel. I cannot promise an end to your adversity in this life. So I'm going to put in there this mountain that you have. I cannot assure you that your trials will seem to you to be only for a moment. One of the characteristics of trials in life is that they seem to make clocks slow down and then appear almost to stop. There are reasons for that. Knowing those reasons may not give much comfort, but it can give you a feeling of patience. Those reasons come from this one fact. The perfect love for you, Heavenly Father and the Savior, want you fitted to be with them to live in families forever. Only those washed perfectly, through clean, perfectly clean through the atonement of Jesus Christ can be there. So I love when President Eyring, because I know that there are mountains in our lives that are not moved, and yet we exhibit great faith, and we do act, and we do learn, and we do grow. And he said that I cannot promise an end to this adversity in your life. And I cannot assure you that your trials will seem to be only for a moment. But he did say that there is a reason for this and that it, we will find our spiritual um, growth as we go through these. Okay, so one thing I want to tell you about me is I love Hillary Weeks <laughs> and I love her music. And she really when I was a young teenager, my closest girlfriend, Leslie, she had a Hillary Weeks tape. And Hillary sang I think with an EFY, group, EFY tape. And um, I love her. I love her music. I feel like she helps solidify my testimony with her music. And I feel like it music softens my heart. And years ago, she wrote a song called Beautiful Heartbreak. And when I was thinking about doing this podcast, I just kept thinking about this song. And so I hope that you'll stay with me and your mind will stay with me as I just read to you the words to her song, Beautiful Heartbreak. She said, I had it all mapped out in front of me, knew just where I wanted to go but life decided to change my plans, and I found a mountain in the middle of my road. I knew there was no way over it, so I searched f- I knew there was no way over it, so I searched for a way around. Broken-hearted, I started climbing, and at the top, I found. Every fear, every doubt, all the pain I went through was the price that I paid to see this view. And now that I'm here, I would never trade. The grace that I feel and the faith that I find through the bittersweet tears and the sleepless nights. I used to pray he'd take it all away, but instead it became a beautiful heartbreak. I never dreamed my heart would make it. I thought about turning around, but heaven has shown me miracles I never would have seen from the ground now I take the rain with the sunshine because there's one thing that I know he picks up the pieces along each broken road every fear every doubt all the pain that I went through was the price that I paid to see this view and now that I'm here I would never trade the grace that I feel the faith that I find to the bittersweet tears and the sleepless nights I used to pray he'd take it all away But instead, it became a beautiful heartbreak. I would never trade the grace that I feel, the faith that I find through the bittersweet tears and the sleepless nights. I used to pray that he'd take it all away, but instead, it became a beautiful heartbreak. So as we face these mountains with our own lives, with our children's lives, with our grandchildren's, with the future of the world with the societies we live in, with the way that things are going, remember that all this pain and all the suffering you go through was the price that you'll pay to see the view. And you'll never want to trade it because you will have learned so much. And I just want you to know that you do have mountains that can be removed and there will be mountains that will be removed in your life through your faith in Jesus Christ But if they're not removed, keep putting in the effort. Don't stop. The Lord loves effort and he will be there for you and help you through this process of increasing faith and having mountains removed or not removed in your life. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.